11 minutes it is before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro with myself, Ayabong Akkawi. We're now going to take a look at the big stories in the world of business uh, uh, on this Thursday. And I'm joined by Makwe Masilela, Chief Investment Officer at Makwe Fund Managers. Makwe, who's it? Sweet, how's it now, Ah, sweet no small go, Baba. Sweet no small go. Now, uh, I guess, yeah, hey, I, I, we don't have a lot of good news um, when it comes to the world of business, uh, least of all today. But let's maybe start off with what happened last night. Uh, I remember just after I went off air, watching what was happening at those congressional hearings in the U.S. Uh, some of your thoughts, Mark, on that. I mean, uh, just uh, the, the uh, how do I put it, the top five or, or four of the top five tech companies in the U.S. and maybe some undoubtedly would say in the world, uh, seemingly on trial for some of the anti-competitive behavior. Well, what did you make of that? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, that was important, you know, for them to go and account, you know, to the Congress so that they can explain themselves. But, you know, what came out of this whole thing is very interesting, you know, to see that the guys were playing a a blaming game, especially when you look uh, at Mark, the Facebook guy, you know, that the guy didn't even hesitate to take a step to the likes of uh, Amazon and Google, saying, listen, yes, those are the major advertisers, you know, move away from this whole idea that Facebook is the biggest one. So instead of just uh, uh, having an issue or trying to put us on the same, uh, uh, what do you call it, accusing us equally so we are not, because those are the big guys into the whole thing. And we know Mark. Mark doesn't hesitate, you know, to take a step, you know, whenever there's the, 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 the occasion calls for it. But it's all well and good because it's not fair, you know, because those are the biggest, uh, I mean, five tech uh, companies. And just to put it into perspective, they account for almost 22% of the standard and two at the S&P in the U.S. So as a result, to ask yourself what's going to be happening with the other guys who want to come to play into this whole area because the guys are essentially dominating the play. And besides all that, I mean, the guys we know as well, even when it comes to the issues of elections, the influence that the guys always, mm. always have on this whole thing. So I think it was important. And given that you've got elections coming very soon in, uh, what do you call it, November in the U.S., even though there is this notion that uh, Donald Trump is trying to have them delayed. But that was very, very key, and I think that's what we can learn as well as South African government, that sometimes you don't have to wait, you know, up until love has got out of control. Call in the guys, ask them, so that you also know, you know, you are always in the know as a lawmaker what is happening, because whatever the guys do, at the end of the day, they do affect you. As a country, they do affect you as a policy maker. Yeah, yeah. And I guess, you know, I mean, one of the things I was saying uh, uh, to one of my colleagues earlier on this afternoon was that, you know, we might think that it's happening in the U.S. Right now, it seems very, very far off from our interests. But if all of us would just quickly take a look at our devices and, and see how many of these uh, technology companies have their services on our devices, uh, it certainly does... Um, certainly ring louder, closer to home. And it makes me ask another question, Mark, which is when something like that happens in the U.S. and and you see some of the companies in their home market being placed uh, uh, on a platform like that, what does it mean for the information regulator here and some of the others uh, who should be monitoring their conduct here as well? And hence my point, you know, that you are always behind the curve back home here. Because as you are saying, I mean, we are far from the U.S., but yes, from our devices, it's all about them, whether you use Facebook or you use your Twitter or whatever, WhatsApp, stuff like that. So as much as 
the Gaza in the U.S., but unfortunately, their impact gets to be felt worldwide. And maybe it's not surprising when you get the likes of China uh, banning some of, you know, those the apps, you know, when it comes to, to their country, because they feel that as China, maybe they don't have control, and unfortunately continue to have a serious impact on them. Remember also when we, have, we had that spring uh, 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 uprising, I mean, one of the things that was blamed as well was the likes of Facebook, the influence mm, that they had mm. on this whole thing, you know. So, yeah, yes, we are back home here, and I think our regulators should actually try to learn from that so that sure. they are not always behind the curve. Makwe, before, before we uh, take a look uh, at what's happening here at home, let's maybe uh, go to Zimbabwe. Now, uh, Strive Masiwa, he's the guy behind Econet and uh, behind Liquid Telecoms, uh, and also, I understand, made a play for Quest TV as well. I think it was part of or linked to that particular one. Now, he was set to sell some of his uh, uh, stake in Liquid Telecoms, um, I guess, and had already gotten one of the big investment banks to arrange the deal, and then, and then the lockdown happened. Um, and then, you know, there was a craze in the equity markets, uh, massive sell-offs we saw here in South Africa as well. All of that instability has, uh, it seems, put this deal on ice. What's happening now? What's the latest here? It's just so unfortunate, you know, and I think we need to note that the guy is not, uh, <laughs> is not a willing seller. I mean, he's forced to sure, because the sure. guy, as we know, he's owing the likes of PIC. So unfortunately, the guy thought he will lead the company, but unfortunately, he's not. And the guy thought at some point that he will get some buyers to buy that stake so that he can pay off that debt. Remember, the debt was due, I think, early in the year or so. And I think he's got up until the end of this year to try to pay it off. So it's not easy for him. And unfortunately, as much as it might be a compelling business to invest into, but everyone globally, they're saying, you know what, mm. we need to play, wait and see. So let's see how this COVID thing is going to affect economies going forward. And I, I just feel sorry for him because the guy had very good, good intentions. Unfortunately, uh, what do you call it, events beyond his control. I mean, are the ones who led him to be where he is now. And I think people can learn from that, that as much as you might have be, uh, have good business intentions, unfortunately, you sometimes you get into a situation that you don't have control over. And we know mm. that guy has been a very good business person and that you cannot take away from him. He's not just successful, you know, by accident. He's, he's worked hard. But hopefully maybe people will just wait and see and uh, try to at least buy so that he can pay off PIC because those are our pensioners' money back home here. Yeah, and yeah. we know that even back home here, when we don't have money, the first people that you think of is the lack of PIC. And you need to ask yourself, did PIC do the right thing? to give the guy money. I think they did because, mm-hmm. I mean, PIC mm-hmm. are not just looking to try to develop South Africa, but they are also pushing into Africa to see and sure, help sure. where they can. And they backed here a very serious business player, but it is just so unfortunate. But maybe the investors can come probably maybe at a, a, a lower price because yeah, definitely yeah. that business uh, warrant investing into, I think it is. So it certainly isn't, I mean, Mark, the time now for people to be going into IPOs. And I guess maybe that, that might be the lesson that, uh, uh, or any new listings, uh, because especially if you have uh, the kind of uh, obligations in the immediate that uh, in this particular case, Econet has had to respond to. Let's shift our attention now uh, to another player, uh, uh, AB and Bev. Now, uh, they... they uh, had some massive challenges with uh, what with the lockdown and uh, the impact that that has had on alcohol sales, not only just in this market, 
uh, but in some of the other markets. Uh, talk us through, uh, I guess, uh, what that impact has looked like for uh, the second quarter of this year for AB and Bev. You know, interesting enough, you know, their beer volumes managed to go up and the guys, unfortunately, they were badly affected by South Africa and African markets because we know of the ban when it comes to alcohol. And I think we are one of the few countries who banned alcohol, even banning alcohol in pubs and restaurants, stuff like mm. that. But other than that, I think the guys managed to hold very well. And it's not surprising that they made that a non-cash impairment of almost 2.5 you know, million USD. But fortunately, it was offset to some extent by the sale of that unit in Australia. I think they got plus minus 1.9 billion USD, you know, from that sale. But you ask yourself that ABNBF at this time, will they be able to continue to make the kind of sales that they used to? Most probably they will, especially when it comes to the likes of beer. Because this other market, you know, where you can call them least developed, they still consume mm. beer big time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then uh, the other entity also uh, in the manufacturing sector, I found the numbers quite interesting here. Yeah? They, uh, the world's largest uh, dissolving wood pulp manufacturer, SAPI, and uh, they uh, are quite bullish, I guess, about uh, what they see in conditions in the fourth quarter towards the end of September. But uh, they don't expect a full recovery of their supply chain all the way through uh, up until maybe next year or the year thereafter. Uh, talk to us about some of the issues that have happened on the volume side of things and the impact of COVID-19 on the operations of SAPI. You know, just to put it into context, you know, for the world that for the fact that we know that the world, you know, has been in lockdown, you know, then definitely tells you that the supply of other things, you know, won't be there. So it's not surprising to see some of their sales, you know, going down, especially the ones which are not essential ones, like a graphic paper, stuff like that, you know. So now going forward, I think they're more realistic to think that, yes, things have just started to pick up. And at some point, they're expected like picking up to almost 85%, other instances, 75%. But I think the directors have just been doing their job to try to make shareholders, you know, not to lose faith with this whole thing that they expect things to be much better come end of next year. And I'm saying that just doing their job in the sense that no one can tell us now, I mean, about what's going to be happening with this COVID-19. No one has even wiped out, you know, that into the key that is the impact of this COVID-19, not just on companies, but generally on the economy. And my biggest worry here is, I mean, this is just an expectation, but should this uh, uh, spike in the new infection continue and we end up being where we were come April, March, then chances are whatever that is being expected is not, it's not going to come to fruition. And But anyway, the guys, they were so clever you know, to play with ways that is an expectation. And an expectation, I have always an expectation, you know. Mm. Things could easily change. But bearing in mind that if global economies are not going to recover, whether it's going to be whatever form of recovery, then unfortunately, SABI will continue to struggle. And people will start thinking twice, you know, going forward. And anyway, yeah. if we don't have money, then there's not going to be any need for us to be able to buy those stuff. There's not going to be any need for the manufacturers as well to be using their products going forward. I think that caught up in such an unfortunate situation for now. But I think in all fairness, we can just share with them, you know, in their faith and expectation that probably things will start picking up and the guys should at least start seeing some little bit of decent demand. Yeah, and I yeah. guess anyone doesn't expect any company 
to recover to where it was before COVID-19. It's a question of taking those baby steps. As long as there's still a bit of growth, you are still at least trying to come out of this whole thing. And they were fortunate, unlike other companies, that at least they've got a balance sheet to be able to carry them going forward. They don't even have to try to raise some more money so that they can survive. Because we've seen other companies, unfortunately, they have to go out into the market to try to raise more money so that yeah, they can yeah. be able to operate going forward. Marco, I certainly hope that, uh, I guess, uh, the gradual reopening of uh, many parts of the economy across the world, especially in the case of SAPI, uh, uh, I guess, uh, retail, uh, and in particular clothing retail, which is where they sell a lot of the uh, uh, dissolving pulp. Uh, mm-hmm. I certainly hope that is going to have a buoyant impact on uh, some of their operations. But Makwe, we'll have to leave it there. And uh, as always, always a pleasure catching up with you, Brur, and thank you very much. Pleasure.